the past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hello, it's your boy in Austin, and we're live on Friday night, y'all. Back with Friday Night Fright, the best podcast you've possibly listened to, which is called Friday Night Fright Podcast. We are the original. It's no Friday Night Fright Podcast. No other podcast like this. It doesn't exist because I haven't made it. I've made no podcast, but it's not like this one. And tonight, oh boy, we have some fun for you. Despite the fact that this one airing night, it'll probably airing morning, we've got some fun. Oh, I've got some fun. See, remember all the storylines, the Mabel stuff, Black Lake and all of that stuff? We're through out window because fuck it, we're starting fresh from now. It's episode 53. This is a landmark. This is like... The third episode, the first episode after the year's worth of episodes, although this podcast being around longer than a year, it's almost a year and one month, but forget about that. Forget about everything you thought you knew about this podcast. Forget about every little thing you thought you knew about this podcast. It's all going to change. It's all going to change because I'm making up as I go along, and I've decided I want to do something different. My fans abroad, my fans at home, my fans half abroad, half at home. This is a new podcast. This is the old podcast, but it's also new. It's brand new, but very old. It's like something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new, and all that shit. It's everything. There's a bit of blue in there. There's a bit of blue language. Like when I call the new Brad Pitt movie a sack of shit that looks like it's sat on a sack of shit. It's a bit of blue. But anyway, what are we doing tonight? What I'm doing tonight, even? I uh, keep messing up my pronouns. I am doing tonight... I am going to look through the movies for the rest of the year, 2019, because I need something to do. And Blair Witch 2 still isn't working. But hey, we've got about that. Forget about Mabel's storyline. Maybe I'll get back to that later on. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm making shit up as I go along. The podcast needs to be done every single week of the year. And also, I'm falling behind because... Sorry, I hope it's Halloween's coming up soon. I hope it's Halloween 2 even. And I haven't done anything. And it's coming up really soon. And I've done fuck all because I'm so unprepared to make a podcast. That's fine. Let's go for movies this year. Number one, the, uh, coming out. Well, it's already out apparently. Um, uh, movie called The Goldfinch. Um, uh, Warm Brothers, Amazon Studios, John Crowley, Peter Strogan. Writer and director, director and writer. And so you've got Nicole Kidman. I don't know what that is. It looks shit. Um, I'm guessing some fancy bollocks. I have no interest in seeing it, so it's irrelevant. Downton Abbey, a movie about class. Also not going to see I Had Chance to See It. It's the only movie on at the moment because it's a big British movie of the year. No interest in going to see it, and I'll tell you why. Because when I see a movie set in an old-timey house... There better be a bunch of grisly murders and there better be a slasher on the loose. Downtown is no slasher. This movie comes out which does have a slasher which is very similar, but it's not that movie. Um, although I wish it well, I'm very glad that Britain's making successful movies again. No, but at the same time, I'm no interest in watching it. Although I do have Bud Light. No, I don't know if Bud Light sponsors Downtown Abbey, but I think they should. Hustlers. This shit's already come out, by the way. Hustlers. Um... What can you say about Hustlers? Other than the fact that apparently people think it's going to win an Oscar. It's Jennifer Lopez, Constant Wiz, Ula Styles. Um, I don't know half these actors. Cardi B, who's kind of a musician, I guess. And apparently it's going to be a big Oscar-winning movie. I have no idea how they think that's possible, because this shit's come out in September. You don't release Oscar-winning movies in September, because no one's going to remember what the fuck movie was about by January, but let alone March. So, sorry J-Lo, Jenny from Block, you ain't taking home a block of cheese, if you know what I'm saying. 
Um, the Sound of Silence, I have no idea what that is, but it's starring Rashida Jones and, you know, Peter Sarsgaard. So I don't really have any opinion on that whatsoever. Monus, not Manos, Monus. Alejandro Londres, I don't know who that is, but it's got Julian Nichols. I thought it said Julian Moore. Well, I don't care about that. It's, they call it a drama thriller. I think what they mean is horror movie, but I'd rather watch Manos Hands of Fate, and I don't think Manos Hands of Fate is shit, so I'd rather not watch it all. Uh, movie about tall women on Netflix. Um, well, I could already watch that. Or does it get in cinemas? Some Netflix stuff is getting cinemas at the moment. Um, anyway, I've noticed it's hard to watch that. The movie event of the year coming out today when you listen to this podcast at Astra. Um, fuck, these are American release dates, by the way. I don't have a fucking clue what time they arrive in England. Um, Ad Astra, what can you say other than the fact that with Tom Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland, it's the movie sequel Space Cowboys you thought you'd never get and also wished you'd never get? Um, right, here's my thing. I love Once Upon a Time Hollywood because they got Brad Pitt loosening up, but Ad Astra looks so up its own ass, it's scary, and I know it's probably a good movie, and I'm I think James Gray is a good director, but I don't understand why they put words adventure and thriller in there. There's nothing thrilling about it, about Brad Pitt and Tom Lee Jones squaring off, which is strange because they're both really good actors, but I personally have no desire to see that movie, and I don't know why anyone would, because Brad Pitt, when he's not playing weird, kind of suborn characters, he's not really a very interesting actor. He's a great actor, don't get me wrong, he's not very interesting. He's... He's great when he's playing these weird characters like Django and like fucking Inglorious Bastards or Once One Time Hollywood or Seven where he's playing a weird character who's obsessed with his wife's head. But you know, it's like when he's playing earnest characters, I don't think it works. You know, he's someone who can get quite dull, which is weird because he's quite got a lot of charisma. But anyway, Rambo Last Blood. Um, I didn't even see Rambo 4. Uh, flash fact, uh, I was bought a Rambo box set and I never actually watched all of them, which is sad because it's a really nice gift, but I'm sure I'll go see it because I, I think Sylvester Stallone is one of the more underrated writers in Hollywood, um, but at the same time, I don't think, I think Rambo, there's always been this divide for me between Rambo and Rocky, Rocky has always been to me a franchise which symbolises the personal side of Sylvester Lowe's writing. It's very metatextual. Each movie reflects, even Creed movies, reflects on where he is in his career at that given time. Rambo's the opposite. Rambo isn't about fucking anything. I can claim it's about, like, shit, but it's not really. It's, it's just, I, I don't want to mock him, but I, I don't, Rambo never struck me as something where it needed him to write it, or be involved with it creatively, because it's Big bag of nothing. Like, but it's a successful franchise. And, and after his career, it's been rebooted by Creed 2. And Creed, I think he wants to go out on a higher Rambo. But he doesn't stop making movies. That's the problem. So I'm sure I'll see that at some point. But I am not. don't hold much high hopes, to be honest. Um, Bloodline from Blumhouse. Oh, geez, sweet Jesus. A Blumhouse horror movie starring Sean William Scott. Um, Blumhouse, you need to stop. I get that you're making these fucking B-movies. I get what you're doing. But what the fuck? Seriously. they. I don't... 
Wait, is Bloodline, is that one of the, oh, that might be a cool one, actually, with the woman, period drama with the woman house, the woman, the, the woman, that'd be interesting, but I know, I mean, I, I think Blumhouse comes out with these interesting ideas, but then they keep forgetting how people like fucking Jordan Peele, who know what the fuck they're doing, like, you've got to hire someone who knows how to make a movie, and they don't seem to be able to do that, they just give these movies, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but these, the scripts, some of these movies are fucking atrocious. Like, truthful there. I mean, sure, fine, as schlock, it's, it's enjoyable. But even then, they don't go the distance with it. It doesn't have that known sense of humor. Like, you watch something like Pieces, and I go on about Pieces a lot, but Pieces is the movie Blumhouse wishes they could make. One, it's non-compromising. Two, it's really fucking funny, even if it's unintentional. And three... It commits to the bit. These movies don't. They're sort of half-half. So I don't, I don't know about Blumhouse 3. Uh, Rugging the Devil, which is Nicolas Cage and Lance Fishburne. And, hey, guys, good luck seeing this fucking movie. Seriously, you find this in a movie theatre, you need to let me know on that Friday Night Fright podcast on Twitter. Because I don't think this gets to any fucking cinemas you, near you. You got a bunch of fucking Netflix movies which get more cinemas than this. Both Nicholas Cage and Lance Fishburne, so it has to be at least watchable. Abominable, uh, uh, all with Sarah Paulson and Chloe Bennett. Okay, I, whatever, I don't give shit about that. Universal Pictures, DreamWorks co production. That's not an animated movie. Why the fuck would you release an animated movie in September? What the fuck would you do that for? Seriously, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, Christmas, yes. Start of summer fine. End of summer fine. Fucking September 27th? What the fuck? Um, the Laundromat by Steven Soberg. Um, oh, here's the thing. I actually like Steven Soberg. I think he's a really, really good director. But it goes back to Brad Pitt thing. Sometimes I think he makes shit just to make it. Um, I don't know what movie's about, but cast is incredible. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Mel Streep, as people would probably know. But Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, Jeffrey Wright, Robert Patrick, David Schwimmer and Sharon Stone. And yes, I say Sharon Stone in the same breath as the others, because she's really fucking good. But that's just... I don't know, like... it's Here's the thing. Steven Soberg is a director who's so good visually and all of his movies should get to cinema. But, but, at the same time, I'm glad that's on Netflix because they never get to a fucking cinema within 100 miles of me and I won't watch it. So I'll watch it on Netflix and I'll just, you know, chill out. But he's a really good director. He's weird though, like, he's very artistic. But at the same time, he's quite clinical. So there's a nice contrast there. I don't know if people now they know Stephen Soberg is. He fucking he makes some shitty oceans eleven oceans movies, but he's a really good director. Like um, King Aaron Brockovich is really good. Um, it's, it's a weird thing though about Stephen Soberg. Out of Sight's amazing. That's a really good movie. But that's a weird thing about Stephen Soberg. Like y- you can rate him, but he's made a lot of shit. But he commits to it, so you know. Um, Julie, Roadside Attractions, uh, Renee Zellweger, Jesse Buckley, Rufus Sewell, Rufus Sewell, in a musical, wow, that's so fucking awesome, again, don't know if you guys know who Rufus Sewell is, he basically was one of the go-to English bad guys, I think it's English, for like the, um, 
late 90s, early 2000s. He's in Dark City. He's played Lee Catherine. And that's some fucking reason. They try and make him think it didn't really work. You know, people want Keanu. But he, he's, he's such a good actor. He's such a charming bastard. Like, you can imagine him destroying songs in that in a good way. And Michael Gambon, very cool. Um, I like Gambon, you know. I don't know what fuck it's about. Um, I have no idea what any Rene Zellweg movies are about now. They spoke being seen. And here comes the big one. The big movie of the year. The big dog of movies. The Joker. The DC comic book adaptation. That's driving the internet wild. Because how dare we? How fucking dare there be a movie about a character you're not meant to relate to. That's meant to be a villain antagonist. How fucking dare they? That's never happened in Sigma before. I'm not looking. Well, I'm not looking, so I don't have it. But fucking Goodfellas, fucking Taxi Driver. Villains have been lead characters in movies for a long fucking time, people. And I get that we live in an age where we want to flip out of everything, because why the fuck not? Why not just flip out? Why, sorry, i got to have some beer. Why not just get worked up over everything? Why not get, for lack of a better term, triggered or woke or whatever the stupid buzzwords they're coming up nowadays are? Look, here's the truth. Will the alt-right take this movie and take messages the wrong way? Yes. They'll do that. You know why? Because they're fucking idiots. The same way they take messages from every fucking movie. From Star Wars, they get the wrong message. They're like, oh, man, you, can, you can't have a woman. You can't have a black guy as a stormtrooper. You can't do that because they're fucking morons. The alt-right are fucking morons. They're actual, actual fucking morons who don't have a goddamn clue about Sigma. But what we're meant to be doing, the rest of us who know how Sigma works, is using our brains to realise... Movies like this are not inherently bad. But no, people won't freak out because they want to be the other extreme. You've got morons on the alt-right who look at this shit and sort of like, I respect what Joker's doing. He's a character I can admire. And then got these idiots on the other side, these complete cretins who are like, oh man, that, that movie, oh no, it's going to be issues after that movie. It's like, the movie isn't doing anything, people. The movie's the movie. It's just the movie. People who take the wrong message from it would take the wrong message from it regardless of how it was made because they're idiots. They're actual idiots. They're stupid people who, for some reason, blame women and people who aren't white for all their problems. When really, the problem is you are a fucking moron and your shitty life and your shitty state affairs are down to you being a fucking moron. Nothing is. Do you want to blame people for your shit? Blame yourself, look in the fucking mirror and get a clue. Anyway, back to Joker. The Joker blatantly told Phillips, going, I love Taxi Driver. Can't I make a superior version of that? <clears throat> That's it. And look, if you've got problems with Joker, have problems with Taxi Driver, have problems with the entire career of Martin Scorsese, a man who makes movies so mature that he doesn't impart judgment within the movie itself. He shows the fa- events in a very matter-of-fact way and lets you make your mind up. And most rational people think, well, I can't relate to Travis Bickle, he's a psychopath. Same way they'll watch movies like Pop Fiction and not make think Jules and Jim... Jules and... Vincent, they're cool guys, they're funny guys, they're interesting characters, but they're both scumbags, like these people, but George Singmar is you can show such a divide, you know, you can show aspects of characters that you weren't seeing any other medium, 
No, Django and Chain, for example, the two lead characters in that movie aren't very, aren't very nice people. That's fine. You don't have to be entirely likable as main character. All you need to be is someone who has a plot and character arc which is visible, coherent, and your audience can follow. And your audience make up minds from there. But the idea that fucking movies like Joker or Inherently Evil is so bizarrely, pathetically worded. It's the equivalent of people who watch wrestling and they get offended when characters in wrestling show say mean things to each other. It's like, you're you're not sexy, you're fat. It's like, it's just fucking dialogue, people. It's not real. But, you know, people love getting offended nowadays. And I know that probably sounds harsh and all that, and you, people, some people are thinking... Oh, no, 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 that's not true. You know, you're not woke. That's what you're not. And my attitude to that be, look, you know, you won't criticise shit and criticise shit. That's fine. You know? But you can criticise shit without getting offended for no reason whatsoever. But I'm going off on tangent there. The Joker looks like a very interesting, very fascinating, very good movie. But let's jump ahead because the alt-right are probably furious with me right now. I don't give a fuck, to be honest, but whatever. Lucy in the Sky by Noah Haley, who's the guy behind um, uh, X-Men Legacy and um, Fargo, the TV series. Um, drama, thriller, sci-fi. It's starring John Hamm. I, I gotta be honest, I, I don't get what the John Hamm appeal is. He's a good actor, fine, he's decent, but it's, to me, he is, he, he nailed Don Draper, that's it. Who was an amazing Don Draper. But nothing other than that's really blown me away particularly. Um, I don't think he's a chameleon really. But I he's not bad. He's fine. Natalie, maybe will impress me in this one. I don't know. Natalie Portman's in it. She's okay for up to. Dan Stevens is in it. Who's one of the craziest actors I've ever seen in any movies ever or TV shows. He's generally weird. But in a fascinating way. And um, Ellen Burstyn's in it. That's cool. You know, she's a very good actress. Low Tide by A24. Apparently it's a thriller. I'm guessing it's set in the ocean. Um, I don't really know what you want me to say about it. I don't know what movie. I've never heard of that movie. And I, to be honest, A24 movies don't get me a billion years of me. So whatever. Wrinkles the Clown. Um, again, I don't know the fuck. It doesn't even list any act. Oh, it's a documentary horror. I'm sure it'll be in Shudder at some point. Everything's on fucking Shudder at some point. Um, <laughs> I I shouldn't throw hate at Shudder. It's um, it's a good service. I don't watch it very much, though, unfortunately, but it's pretty good. Um, Low Monsters. Um, comedy horror action. That better not be a fucking remake of the original. That. Better not be a fucking remake of the original. Little Monsters was so fucked up as a kid. It's amazing. You can't remake that. You can't. You can't go back twice. You can't go back twice to that shit. So I'm not happy about that. No, I didn't see Pet Cemetery sequel either because fuck it. The, the original was bizarre eighties perfection. Why would you go see a fucking sequel? Shitty remakes. Gemini Man. I saw a trailer for this, actually. This is um, Ang Lee, Wiz Smith and Clive Owen. I don't know what makes this movie. 
I think sometimes you can have too much of an actor, and I think Will Smith going up against Will Smith is way too fucking much of an actor, especially serious Will Smith. Look, I, the reason I enjoyed Suicide Squad so much, or one of the reasons, I know it's in my, it's not that bad thing, but I enjoyed it so much because one, it's schlock, and two, he was fun again, he was fun with Smith, he was entertaining, okay, serious elements to it, I mean, he wants to act, I get that, but he's a funny guy, why, why would he not tap into that? It goes back to my issues with the um, fucking Marvel movies and Jeremy Renner. It's like, Jeremy Renner's a funny guy. Why wouldn't you tap into that? They have him be serious all the time. And then slowly they realise, he's a funny motherfucker. We should play on this. And the more they play on it, the better he is. And okay, last movie is more serious again. But I'm sure it'll be funny in the Hawkeye spin-off. So I'm not convinced about Gemini Man. But at the same time, it looks like a movie which would be quite interesting still on big screen. So who knows? Um, the Adam family. Um, is this handmade or not? I don't know. Look, all I'll say about this one is that's well, one thing I'll say about it is that's a fucking whopper cast Oscar Isaac, Charlie Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, Bette Midler, Aston Jamie. Oh, it's handmade. That's a really good cast. But uh, Raul Julia and fucking. And Jerka Houston and Christina Ritchie and Christopher Lloyd. I don't see how you can top that. Maybe they're not trying to. Maybe they're trying to go more faithful to the animated first, the original TV series and comics. But I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. I really don't know. I think um, it's so hard to say really because. I don't think it'll be bad. I don't think a cast with those sort of actors in it can do a bad job. But why is it being made? And I know why money. And I'm fine. I love money. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like... Almost be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. So... um, Oh, uh, fucking The King... Um, Oh, Joe Edgerton's wrote it. You know, I actually like Joe Edgerton. I think it's a really good actor. Um, Writing-wise, I don't... Oh, shit. Tim of... Tim Fischel, amazing. He's amazing. And Sean Harris, Robert Pattinson, Ben Mendelsohn. Jesus Christ, that sounds really fucking good, actually. Um, and it's on Netflix, so you can't lose. No, Joe Edgerton, I always remember him for playing... Um, being in Great Gatsby. And he's a really good actor. Like that role of Tom, the role of Tommy playing that one. That's a really difficult role to play because you're basically playing a piece of shit, and you want you can't make it too broad, but you can't make it too subtle. It's got to be a very casual through line. And for my money, is the best actor in the entire thing. I wasn't, you know, best performance, but it's a bit like Corey Stoll in um, Midnight in Paris, where it's such a real throwback performance. Instantly, you should definitely see Midnight in Paris. I know we are, and you know, well, I don't know we are personally. I think we do, but it's so hard to say, though, because I, I know people have their issues with him, and he is quite scummy, you know. But uh, the movies, man, like, no, oh, no, I know it's a personal choice, you know, but um, anyway, Corey Stoll in Midnight in Paris is in the same way as amazing. So let's go on to the next page. King Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Look, I'm not even going to pretend I'm going to see that movie. 
I don't give a fuck about this movie. I didn't watch the last one. I don't care that it's got amazing cast. I don't give a shit. I have no desire to watch that. So that's how. But I do desire to watch Zombieland Double Tap, which Zombieland, for my money, is one of the best. Um, I don't know why you've got so many new people. Why I've got a new guy running the script. But it's one of those perfect little movies. So I'm hoping they don't fuck up this one. Although my main issue is I get the impression that it's going to be set in real time. So it's going to be set in present day after last one. And I don't like the idea of them being able to casually survive for 10 years in the zombie apocalypse. I think that cheapens the material somewhat. So I'm hoping they come out for way out of that. But I'm questioning it. But at the same time, what a fucking... So glad we get the sequel. Because it's such a perfect little movie. And I think they can do... There's some interesting places they can go. And I hope that it's as tight a script as the last one. That was perfection. It's such a good script. Very tight. Very organised. Very well done. And they've had Rosario Dawson and Luke Wilson to cast. Hopefully those aren't spoilers to you. But those are two really good actors. Luke Wilson in particular. I know... He doesn't get much prop nowadays, but he's a real, one, he's a great actor, two, he's convincing. You know, he's got that everyman quality to him, which at this point he's probably non everyman because he's so fucking rich, but he's able to play things where not goofy funny, but they are funny, but they're not at odds with the rest of the movie. Um, then after that, on the 18th of November, you've got Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. Waititi. Um... I don't even know how to describe this movie, but he is a exceptional director and writer, and I don't know anyone who wouldn't go and see it. I mean, the whole thing behind Hollywood is take directors and writers and directors like Taika Waititi, and once they make a name for themselves and once they get famous, I love the fact that they get almost an auteur's license. It's like, we don't understand what the fuck this is, but we trust you make it. And it looks like they trust him to make some weird stuff because Bounty's playing Hitler in this with Scarlett Johansson. She's a fucking magnet for trouble with that one. But, but I just think he's such an interesting director. I mean, for Ragnarok, I know everyone says, oh, it's eerily like the others, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing like any fucking Marvel movies. It's literally Big Trouble in Little China thrown in a blender mixed with his unique sensibilities and released is so bizarrely unlike anything Marvel's made before or since. Now, I hope he just makes Marvel movies every three years and his own movies every once in a while before that because he's a really good director and writer. Um, then we got my personal pick for movie of the year, which fucking will not come in thousand miles elsewhere, The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers, who came up with The Witch or The Witch in some circles. What can I say about Witch that hasn't been said for? Simple. I can't do an episode on Witch. And the reason why is because I don't think people want to listen to it. It was fucking amazing. Said a thousand times in 60 minutes. Because why is this left say? It's fucking amazing. It's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Probably the best debut by any horror director ever. And I'd say one best debuts by any director ever. And I know a lot of people didn't get it. But I love the fact that if you got it, you got it. It's like the Tarantino thing where he makes movies for him. If you want being, if you want to tag along, that's great. But it's such a distinctive, unique, fascinating horror movie, and the idea of him working with Willem Fern and Robert Pattinson and Robert Pattinson deserves some serious props because 
He took the fame from Twilight and he mortgaged that into getting any fucking movie he wanted greenlit. And now he's smart enough to realise by doing these Batman movies with a good director, but by doing these Batman movies, he's going to fucking ensure the next 20 years of his life he can make whatever the fuck he wants on the side. It's a Christian Bell theory. But seriously, horror, good horror, like horror in this art, comes across so rarely nowadays. You have to embrace it when it comes out. So... Go to this movie. I'll fucking travel London to this shit. In fact, I'm in, I'm in London next week. I'm, although I don't think company I'm with will want to go and see Lighthouse. But, you know, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe scary movies can make people bond. Um, Black and Blue. Um, I don't know what this movie's about either, but it's got Tyrese Gibson in it. I like Tyrese Gibson. He's weird. He's really fucking weird. But at the same time, he seems genuine. He's weird and genuine. Oh, wait, that's not even November. Oh, still in October. He seems really genuine. And so, but again, I don't think we'll get fucking Ring Marv this fucking place, so probably Netflix one. The Last Fall, starring Sebastian Stan, Christopher Plummer, and Samuel Jackson. That won't get fucking Ellsbury, because Samuel Jackson makes loads of direct video stuff, so I'll catch that on Netflix. But it sounds like Pete Fond is in it, and Bradley Whitford is really good at that. The Current War, um... Stone, Bendit, Cumberbatch, Michael Shannon, Catherine Watson, Tom Holland, Tuppence Milton, Matthew McFadden, Nicholas. Oh, what the fuck? I saw trailers for that shit. That looks really good. But I think it's already come out in England and already faded. But that's an amazing cast. I know, yeah, again, I know some people don't like Bendit Cumberbatch, but I think it's a really fucking good actor. And that shit's just up to the start of October. Wow, that's end of October even. That's crazy. But next up is something which can literally be called shit Terminator Dark Fate. Look. Guys, I know, I know, Terminator movies, we all get sighted, we think, hey, James Cameron's endorsing it, Arnold's back, fucking Linda Hamilton's back, Edward Furlong's back, oh my god, look, don't get sucked in, we've been down throat for, not with everyone, not with all those elements, Cameron, Hamilton, Schwarzenegger and Furlong, not for all of them for, but we've been down this road for people, this road is not a good road. This road is not a road you want to be on. You want to get off this road as quickly as possible. Terminator has two good movies. But they've made five Terminator movies. And this is Sith. We don't have a good batting average. Even if this movie is good, that's a 50-50 average. That's not encouraging. This shit ain't on a curve. This is like Aliens and Prometheus. This is getting bad. And not even interesting bad. Okay, look, I know... I, I say I know a lot, I get. You watch something like Nightmare on the Street. You watch those movies. They evolve as they go on. Yes, Freddy's always a bad guy. Yes, there's a rough element. But they feel like different fucking movies. All Terminator movies feel the same. Because the ones Cameron made, he made a horror movie... And then he made an action movie. The rest are just fucking action movies because no one does anything interesting for this fucking material. It's what fuck the Alien franchise. They're like, oh, we got to make the same fucking movie. Like, I don't give a shit what anyone says. David Finch's movie was a big bag of nothing. John Pierre Jeanette's movie was big bag of nothing. And then fucking Prometheus went back to Ridley Scott's formula. Look, you have... The whole reason that franchise got fucked is because they had an interesting idea by a guy named Vincent Ward to set the movie on a fucking spaceship Mev Wood. 
And they said, we can't do this. It's not realistic. And you're sitting there like, fuck realism. Just make a good fucking movie. It's not rocket science, people. Seriously. But they don't do it. They're like, oh, we'll get all those elements people like back and that'll be enough. It's not enough. Just make a good fucking turn there movie. It doesn't have to be about fucking Arnold. It doesn't have to be about fucking Sarah Connor or John Connor or Carl fucking Reese or whatever the fuck, T-30,000. You can make a good turn there movie easy. You just fucking come up for idea instead of a fucking bulletless shit. That doesn't work anymore. Your big selling point for this new Turner movie is we got Linda Hamilton back. Linda Hamilton has not headlined the movie since Turner 2. There's a fucking reason for that. Nothing against Linda Hamilton. She's a really good actress. She's defined by two roles. Sarah Connor and that Beauty and Beast thing she did. That's what she's fine by. Now I'm sad. It's sad her career didn't really go anywhere after that. I get that. It's sad. You know, I'm I'm all for that. But her just it's like the idea that oh, like, oh fucking Halloween, fucking Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Lower Strange. She's already done it. She already came back as Lower Strange. That wasn't the selling point to the movie. The selling point to the movie was we're making a scary Halloween again. And they made a very competent Halloween sequel. Because they went back to basics. But what the problem here is you can't go back to basics with Terminator because you never left the basics in the first fucking place. Come on, guys. Seriously, Terminator, it's not difficult. You need to get someone to sit in a room and come up with a story that's good. Because this shit, we're like, oh, we need to change the past and all that shit. Firstly, like, logic. Let's go logic. Time travel. Stop with the fucking time travel. Okay? Stop time travel. It's not interesting. It's not interesting anymore in Terminator. It's boring. Time travel complicates things. James Cameron literally used it as a plot device. That's it. You guys use it as a plot don't stop it. In fact, no, I'm going to need to do a Terminator episode at some point because my brain really hurts. They fucked this franchise up so bad. And I know it sounds horrible, but I tried watching Genesis on Netflix for free and I gave up because they had a five-minute conversation outside the time machine between Carl Reese and John Connor by a fucking time machine. Now, I know for a fact it would never have happened in the original continuity because that movie was Pitch perfect in terms of script. And I'm not against long scenes. I love writing long scenes. But no, you fucking movie. If you've got a scene in Terminator, which is dragged on for five minutes and it's not an action scene, it better be fucking Oscar-winning dialogue. That's all I can say. Anyway, enough about that shit. Motherless Brooklyn by Edward Norton. Um, stars Bruce Willis. Look, if Bruce Willis turns up and play, I'm sure it'd be a really good movie. But he doesn't turn up playing more. The Irishman, a movie that's going to make it to a few theaters and then build Netflix. Look, what can you say about this movie? It's Martin Scorsese, Rob De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Half Kaito. The only way this movie doesn't work is if they fuck the de aging up. That's it. Although I would have just said, you don't need de age. 
them. Just tell them all at younger. They're fucking actors. They can figure this shit out. It's like heroes when they're like, oh, we're going to cast younger versions of fucking George Takei and Robert Forster and Malcolm McDowell. Just fucking cast the original guys. No one gives a shit. Just fucking shoot in black and white. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, they can say, oh, you look old. No one gives a shit. King Harriet, I don't know what that's about. I'm so angry at them there. I, I, Harriet, go see if you can. It's probably a really good indie movie. Shit, sorry. Um, Wabes, musical drama. I, I love musicals, and Sterling K. Brown's an exceptional actor, but he's not Ming actor in this movie, so whatever. Marriage Story, oh fuck. Marriage Story by Noel Birnbach. Um, no Burnback? Oh shit, Ray Lotter. No Burnback is someone you should go around and see his fucking movies because in an age where Woody Allen's questionable at best, this guy's sort of the heir apparent to Woody Allen. But without the baggage. So go see his movies. He's a really fucking good director and he's got um, Scarlett Chanson. You'll see some. You think Adam Driver's good in Star Wars? Watch him in stuff like this. He is fucking phenomenal. So definitely go see that. Doctor Sleep, um, the Shining sequel, no one asked for. I actually have the book, and um, I don't. I I think it's a fascinating idea for Stephen King to write a sequel to Shining, but he right here's my problem. But here's my real problem. Um, I think this movie only works. Or won't work. And the reason I don't think it will work is because I don't think it's going to be promoted as a sequel to Shining Movie. I think it's going to be promoted as a sequel to Shining Book. And I really think they should have got a really interesting horror director to take the book and make a sequel to the fucking um, Stanley Kubrick Shining. That would be amazing. Make moving that thing because... I'm getting pressing it's probably gonna be really goofy. And I wanted more smart horror. No, I, I know that's an oxymoron, but that's my personal opinion, so I'm not terribly um chuffed about that. But I'll probably go see it because it's fucking horror and I like horror movies. Uh playing with fire. Um I no interest in that. I'm sure it's watchable on Netflix or whatever, but it's Nickelodeon. I'm really having interest in that. Last Christmas, um Paul Fager, Mila Clark. It's a romantic comedy star, Mila Clark. She's really good at romantic comedy. She's not... Bless her, she tries. She really does. Very enthusiastic. Very game. Very professional. But she should stick to romantic comedies. Cause that's what she's best at. And too, she might get a breakout role in the future. But I've seen some of her serious horror movies and they're fucking terrible. Midway. Um... Roland Emmerich, war, action, drama. Oh my god, that's going to be shit. He is a... I mean, cast is good, but... I wasn't impressed with Independence Day... Uh, what the fuck it's called, the last one. I wasn't impressed with that, so... I'm not convinced. Them. Um, Arctic Dogs, again, I don't give a shit. Um, Honey Boy. Oh, it's written by Sheila LaBeouf. Uh, it's on Amazon Studios. Maybe when it's on Amazon Prime, I don't know. Elizabeth Brandt's Charlie's Angels. This one I'm going to fucking see. One because Kristen Stewart has quietly become one of the best actresses on the planet. Two because Elizabeth Brandt's is 
very, very shrewd. And I get the impression that she's net would knock something like this out of the park. And two, because I always get the impression that Patrick Stewart might be bad guy in this movie, and that really tickles me. Or he might be Charlie, who knows? But I think that'd be really cool. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, wow, here we go. Um, This is definitely a movie I'd probably go see with my dad, because he loves this sort of movies. Um, He loves these sort of movies, and it's nice to hang out with him watching them. I know that doesn't sound like the... um, maniacal ramblings you usually get but I can be capable of being an actual person sometimes um, and I like seeing movies you know movies with people are fun movies are really fun too and movies are Skype are really fun too especially in the other person falls asleep while you're watching a movie and that's a really good cast too fucking Matt Damon Christian Bell John Bernthal god damn um, The Good Liar Beer Condon uh, maybe I, I don't know about that one he's He's apparently he's a really good director, though I can't claim it. Ian McKellen, Heron Mirren. I don't like Russell Tovey, though. I really don't like him. He's a really irritating actor. So maybe, I don't know. Um, The Report. Adam Driver, Annette Benning, Ted Leaving, Michael C. Hall, Tim Blake Nelson, Corey Stolmore returning, John... Well, not John Hamber. Fuck it, I would love to watch that. Sounds good. Um, we move on now to fucking November. The Lodge... Um. Horror, okay, that could be interesting. Riley Keogh is really good, um, really good actress. And Rich Armitage too. Oh, and Mr. Seastone, that'd be good. Is that one saying? No, I don't think it is. Frozen 2, what more can say about Frozen 2 other than people need fucking let go, Ray? I watched first one on them. Oh. I watched first one on them, uh, rented it. And that's fine. I never see a moving cinema. I think I get migraine for all the kids, but but it does sound quite cool. A beautiful day neighborhood. Oh, is that the fucking um Mister Rogers one? Um, I'm in two minds about that. I'm sure it's interesting, but I don't know if I'd rush out seeing cinema. Maybe though. Who knows? Uh, Twenty one bridges. Um. It looks like, again, looks okay. Action crime for a... Love this shit which you'd watch on Blu-ray, not necessarily cinema. Dark Waters, Todd Haynes is an exceptional director, and it's Mark Ruffalo. And honestly, anything when Mark Ruffalo gets to react is good. He is genuinely one of the best actors on the planet, but he never makes a big show of it. So that'd be cool. I, if that comes out, I'd definitely see that. And a big one for November, Knives Out. Fucking Rian Johnson... Writing, directing. On oh, instantly, if you have a problem with Rian Johnson and how he made Star Wars Last Jedi, you can go fuck yourself, to be honest. You are not, you are, honestly, you're no Rian Johnson, people. No, he's a really good director and writer, and he made Brick and fucking Looper. And no, no offense, and Brothers Bloom, no offense. You shouldn't be telling a guy like this how to make a fucking movie. He's deemed fucking Star Wars worth his time and you want to throw shade at him? You fucking nerds. Seriously, you some of these sexist, arsehole, nerd, whiny, misogynistic douchebags who make up the Star Wars fan base. You guys are the fucking worst. You really are. You want to know it makes me embarrassed to admit I'm a Star Wars fan? Fucking people who talk shit about Last Jedi. 
And I'm not saying criticise it. You can criticise movies all you want, as long as it's in reasonably concise format. When you talk shit about a movie that you clearly don't understand, don't have a clue what you're talking about, you are lucky that you have someone like that who not only makes these movies, but is polite enough to put up your bullshit, who actually acknowledges it. Because I wouldn't fucking half people. I wouldn't give you time of day, because you people are morons, like, you stupid memes. But anyway, Knives Out looks really good. I mean, he's a exceptional writer and director and that's an amazing cast and I like the fact that apparently it's uh, genre hopper which is good Queen and Slim um, I'd need to see a trailer for that I don't know what that is so, The Two Popes Anthony Hopkins Jonathan Price wow that could be really cool um, uh, Andy Hopkins and Jonathan Price. That's really good. I might watch that on Netflix, actually. Jonathan Price is another one for Glenn... Glenn Close, the... Um, oh, it's called Wife or something like that. That's really fucking good. It's just finding time to watch this stuff because, you know, I'm a horror guy. Um, Play the Bill, the movie. I wouldn't be grudging when watching that. I, I watch a lot of crap, too. Um... But I have no interest in watching that. And I'm fan of Anya Taylor-Joy and um, Dan Radcliffe. They're very good actors, but no, I have no interest in watching them. Um, the Aeronauts, I, I don't know what that is. The casting's fine. Uh, I need to see a trailer, I guess. Brahms, The Boy 2. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Apparently it's a horror movie, but I don't... The Boy 2. Oh, yeah, I remember The Boy. That was shit. That was really bad. Um, you got to save me of a trailer flat, because I won't watch otherwise. A million little pieces. Um, Sam Taylor Johnson with Aaron Taylor Johnson directing, Aaron Taylor Johnson writing. Hmm. Uh, again, it's looks real. It sounds interesting. Look, good cast, but you know, never get to Ellsbury, so who cares? Um, Daniel isn't real. That's a big bag of nothing for me. I don't know what that is. Do you imagine next level? That has one best fucking ideas pitches for movie ever, which is I won't go in detail on it, but it's a genius idea, so I'm very pumped about that. Although it looks like different writers than the first one, so Christ knows. But if they maintain that sense of chemistry between all the actors, that could be really good. Although F one being bats a bit convenient. Um, Black Christmas. I gotta be honest, I never, I haven't really enjoyed any of Black Christmas movies. I don't think. They're particularly good in general. And like this one doesn't particularly fill me with confidence. Mostly because I love Carrie Ewells in these sort of movies. He's a really good horror actor. But at the same time, it's like, you know he's going to be fucking bad guy. Because he's always a fucking bad guy. He's better than that. He was fucking Princess Bride and shit. So why wouldn't you tap into that? A Hidden Life. Oh, Terrence Mallet's come out of hiding again. Um, and he's cast a bunch of non-actors. Or not famous actors. I don't know about Terrence Malick. I respect him. I think it's fascinating work he does and all that stuff. But it's the most boring, pretentious bullshit. So fucking pretentious. It's like, Terrence, you can fucking enjoy what you do. But it seems like he shoots 9,000 movies. Doesn't know what he's doing. And he just says it's all randomly together. And cuts out half the actors. It's probably he's working... Bunch of no names because they won't get pissed when cuts them out the fucking movie. Uh, uncut gems. Um, 
I honestly, sorry, honestly, I don't mind Adam Sandler. I don't mind him. I like it. His movies are good background stuff. He's watchable. He's decent. He's okay. He's protect. Sometimes he's really good. Sometimes he's shit. But he's fine. And the idea that we should hate him because he's fucking castle of his friends. Like, fuck it. If you're that rich, fucking get my friends casting movies too. We're going fucking holiday together. Who gives a shit? It makes his money back. And also, it's like, it's a stupid idea. No, people will get upset about that. Like, your fucking friends... Are, if your friends are family, who the fuck wouldn't you want them benefit from your success, you know? Stupid. I mean, I probably won't go and watch it, but... Um, then you got Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I'm... Look, honestly, I know I ranked about Star Wars earlier. I don't consider myself a Star Wars fan anymore. I'm a guy who likes watching movies. That's it. I'll go see movies because they're event movies. There aren't many event movies nowadays. When they're done, I'm cool with it. I'm cool. You know, I enjoyed it. I'll wait for Blu-ray. I might see it again soon. But I'll probably wait for Blu-ray. It's a fucking fan base I hate. Saving title, little douchebags. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this movie. I know people aren't. I don't really give a shit, to be honest. I'm trying not to... um. Get angry about Star Wars fans because the movies are fine. It's a fan base I hate. Um, cats. Um, what can you say about a nightmare-inducing terror-buying experience? This looks shit. I laughed when I was watching Trailer and Sigma. I think it looks terrible. I think it's incredibly misguided. I think to literally have them fucking to turn them literally into cats. Of the stupidest things imaginable. I know people are going to say, but on stage they meant to be cats. And it's like, yes, I know. But it's the fucking uncanny valley effect. This movie is fucking terrifying. So I have no interest in seeing that in Sigma. I would love to watch it. Maybe a few beers. Maybe if, um, a bit of fresh air going. Peace pipe or whatever. But I never watch I couldn't watch it sober. Uh, Bombshell. Um... Jay Roach's attempt to get back to respectability. Uh, it's a really good cast, but I, I, if it's about newspapers, I might go see it, but I don't think it is, so I'll wait for a trailer. Then got Super Intelligence. I'm not paying Seaman Liss McCarthy to sing my again, so I'll skip that. Spies in Disguise. Um, The trailer looked amusing, but it looked amusing in terms of a two-minute thing, so... I'm no interest in going to see that. Little Women by Greta Gerwig. I'll go see this. I think she's an exceptional right. I think Lady, Lady, Lady Bird, Lady Bird is an exceptional debut movie. I know a lot of people got hip to and all that, but I think she's a real talent, and I would pay to see this movie. So I'll probably go see that. And cast is incredible. So, and nineteen seventeen by Sam Mendes. I don't know, like, the trailers are interesting, but I'm so sick of fucking war movies, because they're always so fucking serious. It's like, you have some, like, even war is sort of thing like working hostel. People make would pay, make bad taste jokes, so what when you run that? Just Mercy, don't know what this is, but might be Jordan's good actor, so we'll consider it at time. And Clemency. No idea what that is. So there's your list of movies for this year. Um, 
I'm not apologising to the alt-right or Star Wars fans. You guys deserve everything you fucking get, to be honest, in terms of criticism. <laughs> um, there you go. There's episode 53 in the bag, and I'll be back next week. Um, hopefully it's a bit more enthusiastic than previous weeks. So I got quite invested, which is good. Um, but until next time, remember, Sigmar is forever, and life is beautiful.